In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And welcome to the Sexy Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life dog training and sometimes even human results. Now, today, I think we've got quite an exciting topic. Yes, because we are going to be talking about food and specifically utilizing food to the max when it comes to working with your dog, which as you'll know, if you have a dog that maybe isn't particularly foodie, it can be a little bit of a, a challenge. Like there maybe aren't as many doors open to how you work with your dog, and yet actually there are solutions. Just because your dog maybe isn't particularly excited about food right now, it does not have to stay that way. Whether your dog is a raw food eater, whether your dog eats kibble, whether your dog eats home-baked, you know what? You name it, we've seen it. We mm-hmm. absolutely want to help you with your dog and food. Yeah. Now, you know... Obviously, you've been here long enough uh, to know about Ditch the Bowl and and Ditch the Routine, or or maybe you're brand new. You know what? We ditch the bowl here at Absolute Dogs. We ditch the bowl and we ditch the bowl for so many different reasons. Concept building in our dogs, uh, brilliant things like proximity training, confidence Mm. training. All of these things are enabled and facilitated through Ditching the Bowl. However, we have question after question and loads of people email the Ask team. That's our, our customer service team. They email the Ask team asking, how about this and how about that with my dog because my dog doesn't want to take the food or my dog isn't foodie well i think that's probably our, our first starting point Tom. Yeah, what about a dog who isn't foodie and i think just just touching on that you know you might be thinking well my dog is foodie so is this for me and i think there are a few different i guess areas that you can really benefit from when you invest in understanding food and exploring food options a little bit more First is obviously training. Um, Second is enrichment for your dog because it's way more fun to not eat from a bowl. Um, And the third one is actually well-being and optimizing wellness and moving from a a place of survive to a place of thrive. And so food is kind of important. Gone are the days where it's like, just pick the nearest bag off the shelf in the supermarket. That's probably not going to get you to your dog owning dreams. So thinking about foodie dogs or rather not foodie dogs and making them foodie the first thing to understand is that really their enjoyment of food is going to be made up of of two layers the first is do they naturally like the food that you're using are you using something that is naturally tasty to them i'll give you an example i was playing with a little dog uh, the other day and i could not work this out she's normally quite hungry she's Mm. normally quite foodie and i rolled i bowled i played funder and all the other cool games that you get in the training academy and sex in the squirrel for all of you academy students out there literally nothing was working and then i realized i'd switched a bag of food i was using a it was a moist food actually and i will personally with my own dogs i use home baked i use raw i use kibble i use a bit of everything Mm -hmm. and i'd switched a bag and i'd used it was a it was a top end bag it was a good brand 
And you know what? She just didn't like it yeah. because I changed for something else, something dry, actually. I changed for something else and mm -hmm. she was absolutely up for working. Yeah. And so I do think our dogs have their preferences. Yeah. And so I don't think that, no, you don't need to go and try everything and, and, and 50 different foods later. But I do think sometimes your dog will give you information. And that is, I do have a preference and yeah. I don't like this. Absolutely. And then the, the second layer to that is actually experience. So what experience do we create around the food, which in turn makes the food more valued. So for example, we might roll it, bowl it, catch it, hide it, and in turn, actually the experience almost becomes more important than the taste. Now, when we realize that these two elements are always working together, we need to become masters of that in working with our dogs, because that's going to unlock real life results and unlock the dog owning dream. And we've actually created a brand new program exactly geared towards that, which is food, the two layers of food, thinking about experience, sure, but actually exploring what you can achieve through considering the taste and the value and um, and actually unlocking home and baking. Considering how you're using it on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis, because so many people on a day-to-day -day basis aren't necessarily um, smart in what they're doing. You know what people say, you can be like like crazy busy, but actually not being smart and efficient. Mm -hmm. I do think with food, it's, it's not dissimilar. Actually, we can be very smart with our food. We can be very yeah. efficient with our food. We can be very sensible about how we're using it. We can consider yeah. supplementation. We can consider how we're getting all of the appropriate ingredients in yeah. and still deliver an amazing experience. Yeah. So actually, um, one of the things I do on the, on the on the food badge is I walk you guys into our kitchen and I show you our dog kitchen and I show you some of the things I'm thinking for my mm -hmm. dog's experiences, whether I'm trying to promote calm, mm -hmm. whether I'm trying to promote energy, whether we're trying to promote sort of um, mind uh, and, and training and, and all the academy games we think about it differently and I do think we've hit a level of smart efficient yeah. and wellness which I think is wow what a boost yeah. what a boost absolutely and what we've got the opportunity of is again moving from that survive to thrive survive to dog owning dream and it's really from understanding some some fundamental things like for example first fundamental that it, I think it's it's really worth talking about is actually getting a feel for what are your dog's preferences observing your dog and that's not just preferences in terms of taste but preferences in terms of experience so if your dog naturally likes to chase things and that's one of your struggles well they're probably going to like chasing their food and like Lauren mentioned about her, her session where she noticed she observed that her dog didn't really like the food that, that she was working with. Was actively with. spitting it out so you know what it was a fairly <laughs> obvious message it was like this sucks yeah. I like the, the game you know what this is punishing. Yeah and, and yet sometimes you know we might not spot the subtle stuff stuff but when we really are having that like amazing and successful conversation with our dogs we really unlock real life results so first things first if you want to get involved in that program then if you head to absolutedogs.me forward slash food f-o-o-d um then there'll be information um all about that program that basically is like the zero to hero of becoming a master I of mean, food we've been asked a million times what foods do you use yeah. um what treats do you use uh what is it that makes your dogs recall like that how do you get your dog super fast how do they look so motivated it's all there in the food badge so actually what we do with food and and it will change your way of thinking yeah. for your dog it will change your your dog's wellness map it will change your dog's um, overall health and well-being mm -hmm. it really has so many different um skills to unlock there when you when you open that one yeah. however we also want to give you loads of tips here and now and so um on a day-to-day -day basis i think it'd be worth us just giving you some top tips on a day in the life of our dogs when it comes to feeding yeah. so i'm going to start off uh, ladies first and all that and so i'm going to start off and i'm going to say number one i absolutely never 
never, ever, if I can help it, put anything in that bowl unless I've got it left in the evening. And if I've got it left in the evening and I really think the dog is maybe needing that little bit extra, I'll probably still scatter it. I absolutely will not, from a food point of view, do that. So whether I'm feeding raw, whether I'm feeding kibble, whatever I'm feeding, I put it in my pockets. Personally, I don't put raw in my pockets. I put home-baked and that you can unlock in the in the food badge. We put home-baked treats in the pockets and I'll be carrying them around with me. They're nice. They're non-greasy. They're easy to use. They contain all of my dog's um, sort of what they need. Uh, And for me, I keep that fairly well balanced with maybe uh, some kibble or some raw, depending on what else I'm using in the day. But I absolutely don't ever um, sort of budge on that one. For me, I use that for proximity. I use that for confidence. I use that for my general day-to-day training. You guys know I'm an agility trainer on the whole. I train uh, dog sports. And uh, whether I'm doing puppy life skills or whether I'm doing um, an older dog who's having enrichment, for me, it's absolutely all from from me in some way. Yeah. And next tip would be acknowledge and be aware of the choices that your dog is making all of the time and then give them their daily food allowance when they make those choices that you want to grow. So an example, a really common one that, that people often miss is actually you're, you're looking to grow your dog's ability to disengage from distractions. But we don't notice the disengagement that's happening all the time that we take for granted. They glance out the window, they see a bird in the sky, and then they glance away from the window. We can reward that choice. They hear a noise and they almost become kind of unsettled, but then they go back to being settled because it's a noise that they're cool with. We can reward that choice. And actually, the more you reward those choices rather than taking them for granted, one, you're putting that daily food allowance to great use. Um, But two, you actually start to see that they're applying that choice to other scenarios as well. And when people say, you know, I I couldn't ditch the bowl because, well, I wouldn't get through their their daily food allowance. When you think about all of those great choices that they make all day, every day, but we kind of just assume they're going to make them. Actually, when we reward them, we get through that daily food allowance. And I think bringing it back to like that day to day food thinking, one of the hardest things, I think, is when people have multi dogs Mm on day-to-day food. Like, how do you deal with multi-dogs? And this is something we talk about in the food badge. But on a a quick top tip, for me, this morning, for example, I've got one dog on one schedule and one dog on another schedule. And so for me, I was coming out the door. I was going to take a couple of dogs out for a walk. But I wasn't taking this dog for a walk because she isn't deserved right now of free time with other dogs. She wants to land on them, jump on them, chase after them. She wants to do naughty, typical young dog things. And so what I did was I walked out of the door I um, left her with a, a stuffable or a, a, it was actually a trachea with some um, stuffed minces and her supplementation in there. So she's got her puppy uh, supplementation, uh, Calm Canine in that one. I then wander out. I go and take two or three dogs down to the bridal path. They've all been out to the toilet. They've had some hand earned. They've had some scatter and they've had some being calm because one of mine venture, she wants to scream and run and charge around like a lunatic. And that's not appropriate in a group. And so then I get back. I reward them for going back in. I then pop back and and check that she's all good. She's still chewing. Mm -hmm. And actually everyone's had some of their daily food, but on a different schedule. And so what I'm not thinking is, I have to stick to one size fits all. Mm. Fairness in food doesn't mean equal. Yeah. Blink is a six kilo dog. I'm not going to give her a hefty marabone. Tokyo is an 18 kilo dog. He can get the hefty marabone and she might get the leftovers. I think we've got to think multi-dogs. We've got to think fair doesn't mean equal. We've got to think how much does this dog need on a day-to-day yeah. basis? And actually, how is my dog looking 
in um, an overall way. What's maybe their body condition score like, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so next tip that um, would be kind of just becomes a way of life and it's so easy to do. La last night, for example, I, um, I had some broccoli for dinner and um, it was steamed and I made some extra broccoli and I chopped up one of the, the stalks of broccoli and that was Gorse's training session that evening and Thistle got a bit as well because she was being really good on her boundary. And then the water Water that dripped back into the bottom of the the steamer. Actually, that then went into topping up the dog's water bowl, so that they were getting some broccoli water. So actually, they're like, "Oh, that's really tasty. I'm going to drink more." But also, it's got massive nutrients in there that are really going to benefit them. And broccoli is a superfood. So you you effectively, when you approach it as ditch the bowl. And I know that, you know, the, the dog world kind of went through that phase of saying no human foods, only dog foods, and then. You know, I'm sure many of you had this thought. Hold on a second. When you look at the ingredients in the dog food, they kind of resemble human and foods. Beef, broccoli, sweet potato. Let's logically <laughs> think about actually how dogs and, and, and us kind of came to being yeah. together. Yeah. Of course, dogs would always have eaten human yeah. foods. Yeah, right? and you know, thinking about my, um, my late dog, um, Peggy, she got to the age of 18 and she had human... I don't think she ever had dog food, <laughs> right? Um, and, um, and she just had human food. And dog food is is a convenience, right? Yeah. Like there is a, a huge convenient aspect to um, kibble-based sort of um, like oh, well, dog food. Mm. Like there's a, a very convenient aspect, but actually there's so much you can do. Like Tom said, with with the superfoods, and I think that leads really nicely onto consider what you can do on a daily basis that might just improve your dog mm. a little bit. Because I think it's these little steps we take. It's not the once a month where you get them a special treat. It's mm. actually on a day-to-day -day basis. Can I add in some fresh food? Mm. Can I add in? Maybe it's like one percent. Maybe it's two percent. Maybe it's 5%. Like Tom said, it might be a broccoli stalk one mm. day. The next day, it might be some chopped carrot. Or the next day, it might be actually you've got, um, you're, you're, you're at the butcher's and there's mints. And actually, mm. you could add some mints into your dog's home baking and, and home, home made treats. Because there's so much you can do there. Equally, I would also look, I touched on the body condition score. Yeah. Maybe we could have a link to that. Um, or um, if you, maybe, maybe when you're watching this one, we'll make sure it comes on the screen. So the body condition score, basically, what it's saying is on a day-to-day -day basis I'm looking at my dog and saying okay broccoli is probably better for you whereas actually you could have some more fat so I might give you um, some more mince treats or I might sort of up what you're um, maybe you have some coconut oil with uh, your Kong or maybe you have um, something else that's a little bit higher fat and I look at their body condition score I want my dogs to sit in a five which basically means the ribs are palpable but not protruding I've got nice spinal coverage. I've got well sort of hydrated, healthy muscles. But at no point does the dog look um, underweight or overweight. They actually just sit really nicely. Top end four is also good for me. And I know Tom the same. We're very reluctant to go into the fives, uh, sorry, the, the sixes and the sevens. We really yeah. want our dog to sit at the five yeah. or the top end four. Yeah, absolutely. Now, next thing that you might want to think about, okay, is that actually foodiness and your dog's joy around food and working for food is actually a lot to do with rehearsal, okay? Now, let's think about this. It kind of makes sense. There'll be certain foods that you have rehearsed saying no to a lot. And what you'll find is that it's easier to say no to them 
the more you say no to them. Yeah, so um, you know, I need you, to learn this with Kate. You can, but that's the thing. You can get <laughs> that can lead you to good habits and bad habits, right? You、one. can say no to vegetables a lot and get、yes、in the habit of saying no to vegetables.、Um, or equally, you could say no to cake. So you could consider this as children training because actually, I know that Eliza has rehearsed saying no to vegetables many times. And often, what we've got to you know realize、um, is that sometimes a no comes about. And you knew that it was going to come about. You know that they were going to say no to what you just presented them with, and yet we present it anyway, thinking, "Oh, maybe this time it's going to be better in this situation." You know, the example being, you go to a busy park. There are dogs running around everywhere. There are squirrels everywhere, and you find a crumb of a kibble in your pocket to reward your dog with, and they go, "No, thanks." And effectively, that's another no in the bank account. For the that increases the likelihood of them saying no in that situation the next time. So a challenge could be actually for the next three weeks, unless you're certain it's going to be a hell yeah when you present it. Don't present it. Don't offer them that opportunity. And what you'll find is at the end of the three weeks, you will have a more foodie dog. Now, how can you guarantee a hell yeah? Well, probably it's the taste of the food, the value of the food, the experience with which you are delivering that food. And then, thirdly, is the situation. There'll be some situations where your dog's not going to to take that food. You know, from a, a vet perspective, I see this a lot where、um, the dog's on the the vet table and、um, uh, the owner's got some really kind of Low-value crumb of a kibble in their pocket, and they try and present it to the dog, and the dog goes, "No, thank you. I'm actually quite scared up here." And、um, that just kibble, a bad deal. That kibble's not cutting it, and we know just by the situation that that is not going to cut it. But imagine at the end of three weeks when you've just set up hell yeah after hell yeah, and there's hell yeah's going in the bank Suddenly, account. Suddenly, a better deal. You've got. You can then expand the situations. You can reduce the value. You don't have to work as hard with the experience, but you've got to get that and- rehearsal. Where I've seen that a lot, Tom, is when I'm playing catching with my dog. They、mm. rehearse so much to catch that suddenly you throw a piece of broccoli at them and they catch、yeah. it anyway. And then they're like, "Ate it." Throw more pieces of broccoli, and it's so funny, especially with the collies, because obviously Tom and I have multi breeds, but、um, uh, the, the 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 collies are、um, way fussier than the cockers for、mm. me. And yet you'll suddenly see them like. And then they're like, "Hang on a second, did I just eat something different?"、Mm. And they're like, "Cool, ate something different."、Yeah. So I love that that you can almost like rehearse eating, rehearse eating, rehearse、yeah. eating. Okay, rehearse eating broccoli. Yeah. And so if you've got a dog like that, I think that can help. One、oh, more, oh, go one on, more go on, go on, look at us. We, we another, get very excited here. Another、uh, great example of that that I see、um, a, a challenge with a lot is where owners will、um, bring their dog into the the practice and say,、um, "I can't get them to take this particular you know medication that they that they need to take,、um, and、um, I've." You know, tried everything, and I then get you know a tin of、um, a tin of something really palatable, and I hand feed the dog, and the owner nearly always says. Oh, did you have you have you given it to me? Have you hid it in there? I'm saying no. I'm getting some rehearsal in because actually, if we present that you know、um, capsule or tablet in the first mouthful without that history of、punishing. just chew, swallow, chew, swallow, actually they're going to be more suspicious. Instead, we we just need chew, swallow, chew, swallow, chew, swallow, tablet in, chew, swallow, gone. Right?、Um, and it's amazing how that little tweak and that little kind of hack on rehearsal can get a very different outcome. Now, I think that just like Tom said, there are there are certain <laughs> hacks here that you can use, and one of mine would absolutely be also use all of your your chews and your your long lasting chews. And so I give my dogs tripe sticks; they get chicken feet, they get rabbit's ears, and and rabbit's ears, by the way, are a 
natural um, anti-parasitic. So they're, they're a natural wormer for dogs. Uh, there's lots of other natural options we can talk about as well. But uh, And we will talk about that in food, actually. I think mm. it's a good space to put um, mm. put that in a minute for you guys. But, but definitely for me, they all count. Mm. And so many people forget to make these things count. Now, mm. some owners will feed things like, um, like I don't know, um, some of the things on, on the market, like teeth chew sticks they're they're actually really high in calories they're actually really high in fillers they're actually really high in in things that potentially aren't very good for your dogs yeah. and what i'm going to say to all of you is please look at them look if, if the first ingredient is cereal it's not really great for your dog um, and when you uh, give your dog those they're also quite high in calories and i think look at when you say your dogs aren't hungry or don't want to work for food or aren't interested in food but you're giving them things like these you can see why it's a bit like eliza if i go i don't know via many different services and she eat some dairy lunchables and then she has maybe uh, the odd craft uh, um, cheese block and then she has maybe a, a Dunkers and, and some Doritos. No, she's probably not hungry. Mm. And after that, she's probably not going to go anywhere near a vegetable for at least a month because yeah. she's she's kind of being conditioned to eating those other things that have a lot of filler in them and and, and potentially um, those things that are kind of addictive and tasty. Mm. And so do be aware of those that you're using in your day-to-day food because when it comes to Ditch the Bowl, when it comes to uh, all of the training academy, when it comes to your dog's health, longevity, wellness, this all counts and for me it's a simple hack look at what you're feeding them everything you put in their mouth consider is this good is this what i need to be giving them are they doing something for it am i making it worthwhile because actually especially with the fussy dogs Mm. you don't want to be doing that yeah Uh, next tip uh, is being aware of the times of day where it's more likely to be a hell yeah from your dog because certain dogs and actually I, i see this in sight hounds a lot where you try and train them in the morning and they are spitting out the food, they're not really into it, and yet by the afternoon you've got a really different picture, or the evening, a different picture again. And so when you're thinking about your three weeks of hell yeahs, actually maybe you just offer the the food experience from midday onwards, right? And then you start to bring it forward a little bit after the three weeks because you know they've got to rehearse actually eating in the morning. Some dogs will feel quite nauseated in the morning, right? And you know it's a little bit like me sticking like a roast dinner right in front of your nose when you've just opened your eyes. It's not going to be a good outcome. You're not going to devour it, or maybe you will. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next one, uh, and this would be vital is for me supplementation so within your dog's foods consider um are you are you correctly supplementing and do you need to be supplementing for my dogs uh prime canine one of the aok9 supplements for me is a huge <coughs> wellness support and all of my dogs are on that uh, flexi i want to make sure my dog's joints are correct and again that's added to their food whether i um, sprinkle it on dry food or whether i add it to their raw food and put it in kongs and bones for me they're on flexi which is joint care um without going into to way more detail uh, you can definitely check out the website and I'll, I'll hand you to Tom in a minute who's going to chat through uh, a couple of the others but those two would be two of my biggies mm. and I think they're really really important uh, obviously there's lots of others those two are the two that probably sit most with with my dogs being sporting dogs and 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 also dogs who've had joint issues so Blink had a, a slipping patella so uh, if you've had any struggles with your dogs uh, look at your supplementation and, and look at your foods and look at your superfoods because ultimately whilst these come in a supplement form they are still food yeah. they are superfoods and they are charged with all of the things that you'd want to put together but for me I don't have time to do that I do not have time to put all of those ingredients in one plate and I also don't know I could get the dogs to eat them anyway so the way they are packaged and formed 
honestly, for my dogs, has changed their lives. Now, one that is a, kind of a must for all of you who are thinking my dog's not particularly foodie um, is actually Calm K9. And you're probably thinking, well, it's called Calm K9. I don't need any more calmness. It, the, the name is slightly deceiving in that respect, in that it does weigh more than just that. What you get as a result of optimizing brain health and gut health is calmness. Absolutely. But what there's a lot of evidence for, amounting evidence for, is that if you've got an unhappy gut microbiome, this can create this um, outcome of anhedonia. Now, that's just a fancy word of saying you don't really get joy in the things that you would typically get joy in. And it's a characteristic of um, if any of you have experienced um, periods in your life where you've been, you've been depressed and your emotions have been predominantly sadness or anxiety, and you don't necessarily have joy for the things that typically you would. And there is, there's a really nice study in, in 2016 that actually um, transplanted the gut microbiome from a population of humans experiencing those emotions into a population of rats. And all of a sudden, when the rats were given the choice of sugary syrup or water, they were just kind of going for whatever was nearest. Whereas anybody that knows rats and just animals in general they'd go for the sugary syrup, right? And so sometimes a lack of foodiness or um, a lack of desire in training and in life in general actually can um, relate to a compromised gut microbiome. And Calm K9 is designed for compromised gut microbiomes, right? And compromised brain health when the two are just so intrinsic and combined. And that's where actually for those dogs and really for every dog, Calm K9 needs to be a daily staple. Now, Whilst I don't want to overwhelm you on supplements, the last one I do think is worthy of coming in here because so many so many dogs are ingesting um, a lot of things that they maybe shouldn't or don't need to is bug canine. It's brand spanking new. And that came about really from uh, both Tom and I really noticing. I mean, we live in a, an area with lots of ticks. Um, so whilst I haven't seen fleas on, on my dogs 10 years plus, like I really haven't, ticks are rife around our area. We live in sheep territory. You might have seen them too. Those pesky like, oh, they're disgusting. I can just picture them now. Um, and uh, blood filling. And, uh, and for me, it's definitely not something we want for our dogs. So for me, in terms of what can I give my dog that's a superfood, because I don't want to be giving chemicals and toxins, which potentially, uh, for me, number one, they ingest or we put them on their coat topically. And actually, a lot of the information says don't touch these things and don't put your dog in water. And chemically, it doesn't sit well with me. Secondly, uh, like we have said, actually, potentially dogs are becoming um, immune to them and systems yeah, are and becoming... That, you know, there are a few things there. First of all, that there's individual differences between dogs and um, no chemical is suited to, you know, an entire species when, when applied or ingested. So there are always going to be those dogs that actually don't get on with that. Um, and the challenge is, is that the chemicals that, that are used in, in those products often persist for 30 days to 90 days, right? Long so that's time. not something that you can just flick flick the switch off. And also it, get it out. Like, yeah. how do you get it out or off, right? Yeah. How do you get it out? And then um, second thing is that parasites, um, it, there's increasing concern about resistance to these chemicals. Um, and in a number of species, there's significant problems, especially when we're thinking about um, internal parasites 
parasites like worms where the, there, there is a considerable resistance problem and the research is starting to relook at superfoods because the chemicals are no longer working. And, and then the, um, the third one is environmental consideration as well. And if a product is saying don't swim when your dog is wear, wearing, don't, don't let your dog swim when wearing this collar, that's having a, that's because it's having a significant environmental impact and, and when me, that is happening. When you read and it says do not touch, like you must not touch these mm. chemicals, you must not put your hands on these chemicals, you must not, and the way you dispose of these chemicals, I just think we have to be a little bit more awake. I'm not saying right or wrong, we're saying awake. Mm. And so... Uh, for us, bug canine was a must. Yep. Uh, I was out there working out what we could source in terms of herbs. I was there picking from the garden. I was saying, Tom, this is getting a bit extreme. And that, I was literally every day. And like, yet there's mounting evidence for, and, and really actually I say mounting, but it's actually the evidence has always been there. That um, many of these superfoods, like you take um, you take uh, pumpkin seeds, for example. Ginger. There's research, uh, there's, there's a lot of studies in a variety of species to show that feeding um, feeding pumpkin seed extract at the right amount through the tricky thing, which we've taken care of with bug K9, um, re can reduce um, the output of worm eggs and worms by 75% over a, a short period. Ginger, another example. Um, Black cumin, Black, yeah. black cumin seed oil, um, peppermint. Uh, there are literally so many things. Uh, we said 12. I think. Yeah, that so, actually yeah, so in basically what we did with, with Bug K9 is said, right, what is there evidence for? Um, and then, well, let's, you know, all of these things work in different ways. Let's combine them so that we've got a multi pronged attack on fleas, ticks, and worms. It's a total of 12 superfoods, including a probiotic and prebiotic, because internal and external parasites are going to have impact on your dog's gut microbiome. And it's effectively in a scoop a day. So I've got pumpkin seeds, black cumin seed, fennel, ginger, cinnamon, fenugreek, peppermint, vitamin A, zinc, selenium, and so much more. So yeah. for me, those were the things that whilst we're trying busily to gather them in the garden, to actually get them yeah. to be um, consumable and is another, at the is another right thing. Amount, yeah. Because I, I'll, I'll be honest, like, in, information is also a little bit dangerous in that sometimes I, people tell me what they're feeding their dog and I'm like, that's Whoa. not the right amount to be feeding there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so actually making sure that when you do go down a, maybe a, a, an alternative path, um, that you're that you're doing it the right way. That you're, thing, that you're not wasting your time and equally you're, you're not compromising and anything. And do it in a an achievable way. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, bug K9 is the achievable yeah. way because I can be honest, my fingers are not green no. and I am not enjoying the experience no. of going around the gardens many, many times working out what is this and what is that. No. And so uh, bug K9, supplement you give your dog yeah. every day, basically anti-parasitic, anti, um, and, uh, and not toxic or, or, mm. or full of chemicals. And I think yeah. it's worth considering environmentally and uh, for your dog and your longevity so a hyphen ok9.com to read more about um, all of the superfood solutions that we talked about and also read stories from people that are using which are thousands of people and like all over the world tom said it's superfood solutions we want you to see this as superfoods are part of your dog's yeah. food they're part of your day-to-day -day, and you can add or take away as many as you like within that yeah. uh, they all do work together I think that's worth mm. acknowledging, isn't it, Tom, yes. that you can combine yeah, that all of these with no really detrimental, important. it's a positive effect. Yeah, that was always really important to us because every dog's going to have individual needs and some dogs are going to need more skin support, gut support and parasite support. And 
I don't. I wouldn't want anyone to ever be in a position where they're having to decide which between which. which condition and which.、Um, My dog's got、focus. bad joints, but actually, I also don't want him on a toxic chemical style、mm. um, flea treatment. Pick, which will just be awful. So for it, us, so. it's it's really important they all work together.、Mm. Make sure that you share that information. Make、mm. sure that you get that information out there because this is absolutely heading the field. This is.、Yeah. Absolutely brand new, and it's so up there in in what dog owners need to know、yeah. for their own dogs.、Uh, great body, great mind.、Yeah. And to be honest, if we if we're being really bottom line about it, it's also way cheaper than the other options,、mm. right?、Um, and that is、um, you know something that that we have to consider as well. So, guys, we covered a lot. Basically, in summary. Food doesn't just、um, doesn't ju- isn't just about training. It's also about enriching your dog's life. So it's about quality of life, and you can utilize superfoods to move from a place of survive to thrive. Make sure to head to absolutedogs.me/forward/slash/food to check out the brand new in-depth food program that is out now. Head over to a-ok9.com to grab your superfood solutions. There's a great quiz over there that will help you to figure out what your focuses are with your dog. That was this episode. Of the sexier than a squirrel podcast, we will see you next time. And remember, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over a hundred thousand people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be in 25 days from now? Head to AbsoluteDogs.me/sexy.